Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. say that he had only two days on his calendar. Today, that day. The day when he would meet the Lord on Judgment Day. And we do need to live in light of today and that day. There is a day coming for believers when we will be judged by our Lord for our service and how faithful we were to him and to the truth of his word. As with many topics in God's word, the judgments to come is a topic that must be rightly divided, so we don't confuse them. We clearly understand who is judged and when. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 34 to 38 read, And I will bring you out from the people, and will gather you out of the countries wherein ye are scattered, with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there will I plead with you face to face. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. And I will cause you to pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. And I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord." We learn here about Israel's future judgment. A great regathering of Israel will take place prior to the millennial kingdom on the earth. At Christ's second coming, angels sound trumpets which summon all Jews who have been scattered throughout the world back to the promised land. Matthew chapter 24 verse 31 says, He, that is Christ, shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, And they shall gather together his elect, which is Israel, from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Ezekiel describes this future exodus of Israel from the nations of the world also in a return to the land that God promised to them, the promised land. Reminiscent of Israel's exodus from Egypt, which was done in God's power with his mighty hand and stretched out arm, this exodus also from the nations around the world to the promised land prior to the kingdom, that will also be by God's mighty hand and stretched out arm. God will bring them out of the nations and then bring them into the wilderness where he will first judge them face to face, as it says here. Ezekiel teaches how the Lord will pass them under the rod of judgment. This is a metaphor from a shepherd who makes his sheep pass under his rod as he counts them as they go by. And so Israel will be judged and it will be determined whether or not they will be gathered into the flock, whether or not they believed and will be counted as sheep which belong to the Lord, the great shepherd of Israel. Those who are judged and counted to be the Lord's will be brought into the bond of the covenant, it says here, and will experience the blessings of the new covenant And among those blessings, it includes entering the kingdom and dwelling in the promised land safely forever. 
It also includes the blessing of cleansing from sin, a new heart being given to them, the Holy Spirit being put within them to cause them to walk in God's statutes. At this judgment of Israel, Christ numbers his own and passes them under the rod, bringing them into the bond of the new covenant and allows them entrance into his millennial kingdom. Also at this judgment, Christ will purge out the rebels, those of Israel who don't believe in Christ and transgress against him in not believing in him. And they will not be permitted entrance into the land or into Christ's glorious kingdom. Now verse 36 again says, Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness, so will I plead with you. So this future judgment points back in time to Israel's exodus from Egypt, that though God brought them out of Egypt, he afterwards destroyed those who did not believe in the wilderness. Chapter 1, verse 5 says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And so similarly, as those in the days of Moses, those who do not believe will perish in the wilderness and will not be permitted entrance into the promised land and the kingdom of heaven on the earth. This judgment also includes the organization of the government in the kingdom and the saints who will enter the land and rule with Christ. They will be rewarded and given their positions of authority within the millennial kingdom. The Lord speaks of the reward and authority that will be granted in the kingdom within the gospel records. Matthew 19.28 is an example of how the Lord told the disciples of their exalted positions in the kingdom on earth when he said, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. In Luke chapter 19, the Lord told a parable about a certain nobleman, which represented himself, and how he went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then to return. This speaks of how the Lord would go to heaven at his ascension and then return at the second coming to Israel to establish his earthly kingdom. Before leaving, the nobleman in the parable charged his servants with conducting his business while he was gone. And he gave them each one pound and told them to occupy till I come or do business with that money until he came back. The Lord said about the citizens of that country, speaking of the unbelieving in Israel, but his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. When the nobleman returned, it says he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading, Luke 19.15 says. So they are called before him, as servants are, to be judged by him. The first servant had earned ten pounds with the one pound that had been entrusted to him. He knew the money was not his own, and he used it for the nobleman and to advance his master's interest. And so the Lord told him, Thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. This happens again for a servant that gained five pounds and was given authority over five cities. Another servant made 
excuses, accused the nobleman of being austere or hard and oppressive, and he did not do anything with the money given to him. So the Lord had his money taken from him and given to the first servant, and he was not rewarded. So it teaches that there will be reward and loss of reward at the judgment for Israel prior to the kingdom. And for those who are faithful to the Lord and know that their lives and their talents are not their own but belong to the Lord, and they use their lives for Him to bring glory to Him, they'll be rewarded at that day. And they're going to be given authority over actual cities in the millennial kingdom. That's a literal reward that they'll receive. The Lord said of the citizens that hated him then, but those enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. And that is also what will take place at the judgment of Israel. What all that shows us is that when the Lord returns, having received the kingdom, he will gather Israel together to reward them according to their faithfulness and service for his glory and his interests. And Christ will award positions in the divine government of the kingdom to faithful Jews at that time. And at the same time, he will also destroy unbelieving Jews who will not have him to reign over them. Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 40 read, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee, uh, stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, Ye have done it unto me. Also following the Lord's second coming to this earth and to Israel, it says he will sit upon the throne of his glory, and another judgment takes place. Following the judgment of the nation of Israel, the judgment of the nations will take place, where the Gentiles from the tribulation period will stand before the Lord. At this judgment, the Gentile nations are divided by Christ. He classifies them as either sheep or goats. They are judged for their treatment of the nation of Israel during the tribulation. If they help Israel by giving them food when they are hungry, drink when they thirsted, clothes when they were naked, visited them when they were sick, or visited them in prison, doing all this by faith in Christ, They are judged to be his sheep, and they are welcomed into his millennial kingdom. The Lord, you see here, identifies himself with his people. That when these nations help Israel to get through the tribulation, when they can't buy or sell because they don't take the mark of the beast, and they are afflicted with severe persecution by the Antichrist, the Lord says, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, 
ye have done it unto me. The opposite is true as well. If the nations do not assist Israel or help her in the tribulation, the Lord will tell them, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And they are judged to be goats and worthy of everlasting punishment, commanded to depart from his presence forever and are cast into everlasting fire. These judgments, the judgment of Israel and the judgment of the nation, show us that only the believing righteous and the saved are admitted entrance into the kingdom. All unbelieving sinners are left out of it and will be cast into everlasting fire. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. The key to understanding the Scriptures is a fold-out chart written by Pastor Paul M. Sadler. While the entire Bible is for us, it was not all written to us, nor is it all about us. We must rightly divide the Word of Truth. This fold-out chart is a handy way to introduce someone to the Word, rightly divided. Although the character of God never changes, He does change His dealings with mankind from time to time, as the chart clearly depicts. Packages of 25 are also available at a discounted rate. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11, 12, and 15 read, And I saw a great white throne, in him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In our next episode, we're going to look into the great white throne in greater detail. This time we're going to make a few brief comments about this coming judgment. One thousand years after Israel's judgment and the judgment of the nations comes the great white throne judgment. It takes place after the millennial kingdom on the earth. This is the final judgment at the end of human history, the last event that will take place before time is done away with and the eternal state is ushered in. The great white throne is the judgment for only unbelievers, where they face their doom, they're judged according to their works, and they are cast into the lake of fire. The throne is described as great because the throne exudes power in it. It's going to be a huge, intimidating scene. And it is great because of the great eternal issues involved. It is a white throne which signifies glory, purity, and holiness. White speaks of the infinite purity and holiness of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that sits on the throne. 
being confronted with the perfect holiness of God, standing there in their own righteousness, which is like filthy rags, those present at this judgment will be completely ashamed. The impurity of humanity will stand in stark contrast to God's perfect holiness and purity, and it will leave each person absolutely speechless that is there. Him that sat on it is the Lord Jesus Christ. John 5.22 says that the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Jesus Christ is God. So the infallible, all-knowing, sovereign God sits on this throne. The one who has been sinned against is the judge. The unsaved will be judged out of those things which were written in the books. The books of the Bible are the righteous standard by which all the lost and unbelieving will one day be judged. The Word will show them how infinitely far short they fall of God's holiness, perfection, and glory. It will show the love of God in providing the payment for their sins by the cross of Christ. The one with nail-scarred hands and feet will be the one judging them who made that payment so they could have had forgiveness of their sins and eternal life. The The Word will show them God's provision of salvation during the time they lived, the provision that they rejected, They will be shown how they are rightfully under the condemnation of God because they never believed and because they are dead in their sins. Christ will review and judge the works of the unbelieving before the great white throne to show their unbelief, to show their sinfulness, to show their guilt, to show their just judgment. And this will also determine the degree of punishment that they will endure in the lake of fire forever. The book of life will also be opened. At this point, at the great white throne, all the unsaved will have died and will be dead. And only the names of believers will be left in the book of life. I believe Christ is going to open the page to find where their name should be. We'll show it to them. We'll show where their name was recorded. But all they'll see is a blank space because they were never saved. They do not have life to be in the book of life. And their name was blotted out. And they're going to be cast into the lake of fire and forever separated from God in torment, experiencing the second death. Romans chapter 14, verses 10 to 12 read, For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. The judgment seat is a judgment only for the church, the body of Christ. When the rapture happens prior to the tribulation beginning, the whole body of Christ will be in heaven from the Apostle Paul to its last member. And it's at this time that the Lord will judge the body of Christ. We are each individually accountable before God for what we believe and how we live the Christian life, and we're going to answer for it that day before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. Scripture is clear that God has a system of rewards and crowns for the church that will be decided at this judgment by Christ. 
1 Corinthians 9.25 teaches, Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. 2 Timothy 4.8 says, There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Also decided that the judgment seat is the degree of glorification of our resurrected bodies. And uh, that will be decided by the Lord at the judgment seat. 1 Corinthians 15, 41, 42 says, There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory, so also is the resurrection of the dead. That teaches us that there will be varying degrees of glory within our resurrected bodies based upon our faithfulness in service for the Lord. Our reigning position will be decided at the judgment seat as well. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Paul tells Timothy that if we take a stand and we suffer for standing for the truth, we will be given a higher reigning position in heaven with Christ for all eternity. But if we deny Him, or we are ashamed of Christ, unwilling to stand for Him in the truth of His Word, He will deny us, deny us a higher reigning position with Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10-15 to 15 read, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Moses was the master builder of the Old Testament tabernacle. God gave him the plans and specifications, telling him, See that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. The Apostle Paul, too, was a master builder. As Moses represents and was given the law to the Apostle Paul, God gave by special revelation the plans and specifications for the building of the church of the body of Christ. The plans and specifications for this church, though, were kept secret since the world began until it was revealed to and through the Apostle Paul. Paul does not say that he had been building on the foundation which another had laid. He was not building on the foundation of Christ as Messiah and King of Israel, as that's revealed in Scripture. He says, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. A new dispensation was ushered in with the raising up of Paul, in which the foundation of Christ is presented not as the king of Israel, but as the head of the church, the body of Christ. And Paul says on that foundation, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. 
He cautions those who serve and build on the foundation of Christ today that we are to do so according to Christ's heavenly ministry that he is carrying out today in heaven in his exalted position. At the judgment seat of Christ, each and every work will be tested and revealed by fire, 1 Corinthians 3.13 says. Now, fire in the scriptures speaks of the scriptures, of the word of God. Jeremiah 23.29 says, Is not my word like as of a fire, saith the Lord? Our works will be tested and tried by God's word, and specifically that portion of God's word of the grace truth revealed in Paul's epistles, which gives us the commands of Christ for the church today. The question will be, how much of our works, service, and stand will survive the tests of God's word to determine whether we receive a reward or whether we suffer loss of reward? If we live, work, and serve according to the law, we make known a wrong or mixed gospel for today, We try to live by instruction meant for a different time and different people, a different dispensation. Many of our works will be wood, hay, and stubble, and they'll be burnt up, and we're going to suffer loss at that day. But if we work and we serve according to grace, making known the gospel of pure grace, that salvation is by grace through faith alone, and we live by God's instruction for today under grace, knowing and growing in Christ, according to his heavenly ministry, and we stand for all of this so that our Savior is glorified in it all, and we build on that foundation of Christ according to the mystery, that will be in God's eyes gold, silver, precious stones, and we're going to be rewarded for it. As gold, silver, and precious stones are passed through a fire, they are refined. So these three signify the permanent nature of our works for the Lord. And they represent those things done and taught in accordance with grace and building on the foundation of Christ according to the Pauline revelation of grace for today. May we, like Martin Luther, keep in mind those two important days on our calendars, today and that day. And may we take our stand for the message of grace and live by it and be ready for that day. The Berean Bible Society was founded over 75 years ago for the sole purpose of helping believers understand and enjoy the Word of God. Our organization holds without apology to all the fundamentals of the Christian faith, and we believe that salvation is by grace through faith alone, based on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also emphasize the importance of rightly dividing the Word of Truth and understanding God's Word in light of the Pauline revelation for today. Paul is the Apostle of the Gentiles, and it is our firm conviction that in his epistles alone, we have the doctrine, position, walk, and destiny for the Church of the Body of Christ during the present dispensation of grace. The mission of the Berean Bible Society is to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ by proclaiming the whole counsel of God, according to the revelation of the mystery. Our goals are to evangelize the lost, to educate the saved in rightly dividing the word of truth, to energize the life of a believer, and to encourage the local church. Our ministries include Bible conferences for the study of God's word rightly divided.
Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.